I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubble. Red alert. All hands stand to battle stations. Luck has foils and attack positions. Prepare for battle! Autobots, roll out! Get ready, it's your weekly dose of nerd culture. All wings report in. With your crew, Obi-John Kenobi. Hello there. Commander Scott. There's nothing amazing about it. I know this ship like the back of my hand. Julian. You tell him I'm coming! And hell's coming with me, you hear? And the Doc. Great Scott! Movies, TV, streaming, video games, comic books, board games, toys, collectibles, cosplay, conventions. If it's happening in the world of geekdom, we're talking about it. So lock and load, bag and board, and roll for initiative. We've got your... Nerd Alert! Hello there, it's Obi John Kenobi, and welcome to an exciting all new episode of Nerd Alert. In brightest day, in blackest night, no obscure DC character shall escape our sight. Because this week, we're going to do what we do best, which is partially conjecture wildly and then partially pitch cool stories in movies and stuff so it's kind of the best of both worlds but i'm getting ahead of myself let me introduce the rest of the crew that's going to help me uh, give you a breakdown of, of what what projects we want to see come to the brand new dc universe uh, and to do that first we're going to bring in the man who keeps the nerd in the top nerdy to me network ladies and gentlemen to the bridge it's commander scott so something came across my my feed, my my attention, my within my my sphere of influence uh, here recently that I thought was very interesting. Um, in 1979, Sony um, released a piece of technology known as the Betamax. All right, and one of the selling points that Sony touted for the new Betamax was its ability to quote unquote time shift television programming. Uh, now this is an era even before remote controls when most people had to get up off the couch to change their channels and their TV. Uh, they were Which able is fun because they only had three channels anyway. They so. only had three channels anyway. But with the with the Betamax, you were able to record television shows and then play them back at your leisure. Um uh, even though the public you know, love this idea and stuff, however, major entertainment corporations not so thrilled. Um, in 1976, Universal Studios and Walt Disney Productions filed a lawsuit against Sony to halt the sale of the Betamax player, claiming that film and TV producers would lose millions of dollars from the unauthorized duplication and distribution of their copyrighted material. Those fools. Uh, yeah. The case Harness went, that power for your own goods. <laughs> the case went to trial in 1979, three years later, uh, where the U.S. District Court ruled in favor of Sony, stating that the taping of programs for entertainment or time shifting was fair use, meaning I, wa- I, don't, I, I can't watch it when you're programming it. I'm going to watch it at my leisure. And that did not infringe on copyright laws. 
And, and further, God. there was no that the practice did any economic harm to television or motion picture industry. However, Universal Studios was a bit unhappy with this verdict and appealed this uh, uh, ruling in 1981. Uh, and in 1981, the ruling was reversed. Okay. Uh, now, uh, up until this point, um, up, uh, you know, before the Betamax and everything, uh, movie studios always received a cut of box office uh, fees whenever one of their films was shown. Uh, and, and, and now suddenly with the, with the Betamax, the, there was a rapidly expanding scenario where this, this undermined that structure. That was one of their, their big things. Um, so uh, with large sums of money and copyright ownership at stake, the Betamax case arrived at the Supreme Court in 1983 slash 84 december of 83 january 17 1984 i think is when the when when it was actually filed so the so the brief fact of the case was the movie studios the plaintiff that owned copyrights in movies and other television programming argued that sony the defendant contributed to copyright infringement of their copyrighted works by marketing video cassette recorders vcrs or vtrs because vcr kind of became synonymous with vhs technology uh, whereas VTRs were with Betamax, that enabled users to record programs. Okay, this was this was the case that got brought ultimately in 1984. That got brought before the U.S. Supreme Court. That was the fact of the case. The synopsis of rule of law, the ultimate outcome, the ruling of the U.S. Supreme Court was that one who supplies the way to accomplish an infringing activity and encourages that activity through advertisement is not liable for copyright infringement and thus pave the way for VHSs and VCRs to proceed all through the 80s and into the 90s and stuff. Now, who do we have to thank for this for swaying the U.S. Supreme Court in this in 1984? Uh, so on one hand, uh, uh, Universal Studios versus Sony Corporation, nicknamed the, the Betamax case, was argued for a year. Uh, it was a trial of extremes. On one hand, you had Jack Valentini, the head of the Motion Picture Association of America, which is major douchebag, major douchebag, and uh, and arguably the, mo the 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 Motion Picture Association of America has some has some clout, right? I mean, this mm -hmm. is not a small organization. They even though their head at the time was a douchebag and it's probably been douchebags over the years, they, they still have some clout. You know, uh, he's, he's out there yelling that, quote, the savagery and ravages of the VCR uh, is to the American film producer and the American public as the Boston Strangler is to the woman home alone, unquote. He actually made that statement. On like I said, human piece of shit. On the other hand, the person who defended the VCR and swayed the Supreme Court's ruling and paved the way for the VCR and VHS and, and the technology and everything that we know today was none other than Fred Rogers. Mr. Rogers himself saying, quote, I have always felt that with the advent of all this new technology that allows people to tape the neighborhood off air, they then become much more active in the programming of their family's television life. 
frankly, I am opposed to people being programmed by others. My whole approach in broadcasting has always been that you are the most important person just the way you are. You can make healthy decisions. Just as I feel that anything that allows a person to be more active in control of his or her life is a healthy way, in a healthy way, is important. End quote. The Supreme Court ruled in favor of Sony and cited Rogers' comments saying, quote, he testified that he had absolutely no objection to home taping for non-commercial use and expressed the opinion that it is a real service to families to be able to record children's programs and to show them at the appropriate times. I love this whole thing. And I love everything about it. Second time Mr. Rogers schooled Congress? Yes. The second time Mr. Rogers went to Congress and said There would not be a third. Here's, there would not be a I third. I don't think. I don't know. There might have been. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I've not been able to find a third where he went. The first one was in 1969, of course. It was, uh, it was, it was a while before this, and I might save that for a future, future story. You should. That's another but, good story. But, but this one, this one I actually just now heard about. I didn't know about this one until recently, and I loved it. Not only because it's, I mean, it's Fred Rogers. Nobody can argue with Fred Rogers. He's like, the, in my opinion, he's probably one of the most wholesome human beings that has ever existed. He's the, the closest thing he's, we'll ever have to Superman, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but, but also, um, one of the things that I love about, and, and, and that I argue for in favor of the streaming service. Now I know it's monetized that you have to pay for this service. You have to pay for that service, blah, 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 blah. But you do get to be in control of what you watch when you're not just limited to, Oh, what's on television right now. Um, and, and the DVR helped with that. But the fact that you had a DVR or still have a DVR, you can thank Fred Rogers for that. Because that Supreme Court ruling is just almost unprecedented. I'd have to do some research, but I would say, in my opinion, right now, based off my limited knowledge, uh, it's probably it huge. the most yeah, uh, unprecedented rulings by a Supreme Court ever. If you want another interesting case, look up um, Nintendo v. Blockbuster. Okay. All about the, the right to rent video games. It's another yeah. interesting case. Huh. Uh, but that has been your legal briefing <laughs> with Commander Scott. Uh, thank you, Scott, for educating us all about how Mr. Rogers saved the video rental or invented Mr. Rogers single-handedly saved the video rental industry. That's what I took away from that. Uh, well, he paved the way for it single-handedly. <laughs> uh, and rounding out this terrible trio, ladies and gentlemen, finishing the trinity that we have here because he looks so good in that. Uh, uh, Paradise Island Greek uh, skirt and halter top get up. It's the doc. What? I said you're, you're huh? just like Wonder Woman. Oh. <sighs> but I'm Batman. Show off them legs. Leave the beard though. But, it works. But I'm, oddly. I'm, bat, I'm, I'm Batman. I, I'm Batman? I'm Batman. Who typed a question mark in Batman's teleprompter? I'm Batman. I'm Batman. <laughs> Is that your quote for us this week? <laughs> I'm Batman. Are you Batman? No, I'm Batman. Who the fuck is Batman? Uh, it's pronounced Batman. Thank you very much, Mr. Ba Batman. Batman. My name is Bruce Batman, attorney at law. <laughs> I'm here to I'm here to lobby for VCRs and beta. There you go. <laughs> there you go. I'd watch it. <laughs> this is my friend Fred Rogers. He's gonna say more. That's right. Bruce uh... Batman. <laughs> I didn't even change my first name. 
any any resemblance I bear to Bruce Wayne is completely random and not it's not related at all. Un, un, unintentional. It's uh, purely coincidental. This is this is my <laughs> friend. This is my friend Kent Clark. Okay. He puts uh, is on your glasses. First... You don't know anything different. He puts on glasses, changes his hairdo. Is, is, you is that your first pitch for us, Jay? <laughs> Bruce Batman, <laughs> attorney at law? Bruce Batman, attorney at law. And Ted Clark, <laughs> local columnist for the uh, school newspaper. There you go. Uh, so this week, uh, well, let's move back up. Last week, uh, we gave you the rundown of the newly announced um, DCU. From James Gunn and Peter Safran, the 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 first bit of what they're calling Chapter One: Gods and Monsters of the next eight to ten years of DC films and TV shows and animation and all that good stuff. And at the end, uh, Commander Scott threw out a good idea of, "Hey, let's do what we do." And okay, we, we've seen what they've told us they're going to do, uh, but let's be fans and just just swing for the fences. And we're going to spend today talking about uh, not what's been announced, but what we want to see. Now that we know we're getting a fresh start, a whole new take on the DCU, uh, what projects, what characters, what stories do we want to see realized? And in what form should we best realize them? That's what we're here to do today. I said that? You did. You said are all you, that. Are you sure? Verbatim. Yep. Well, I, I, I don't think I'm that articulate. Okay. You you said all that and a bag of chips. He so sure did. I'm gonna need that bag of chips, uh, old Dutch dill pickle, if you will. <laughs> I'm gonna... You got some of them all dressed chips? Take some of those. I I'm I am now starting a petition to have Jay forcibly removed. <laughs> Why? What? Why? He's what? got quite a few signatures already. Uh, <sighs> yeah. Because so, wait, what? Because you've now used the phrase "all that" and a bag of chips, which is one it's of the most good. stupid utterances in the history of well, humankind. I'm sorry. Are you not jiggy with it? I am definitely not jiggy with that <laughs> phrase. He is not jiggy with your "all that" and a bag of chips. Oh, if it's just the phrase here, I thought he was. So you can talk to the hand. Oh yeah. And it just compounds the problem that you want to, the chips you want are dill pickle. Yeah, old Dutch dill pickle chip. No, Best no, chips no, no, spicy. Well, no, that's no. a debate for another show. Nobody wants dill pickle. Everybody does. No, it's like the Emperor's New Clothes. Everybody hates it, but they all pretend they love it just because everybody else pretends they love it. They won't, don't want to be the one person that says this sucks. But I will be that person. Yeah, but then you'd be naked. Then the chips would be naked. Plain potato chips are just gross. How did you know I'm naked? Anywho, what we're actually here to do today is talk about projects we'd like to see in the DCU. So let me steer us back onto that after we're way off in the freaking weeds again. <clears throat> Would anyone like to start or should I just jump in? Go. Uh, okay. I mean, we're already naked, so you might as well join. All right. So, projects I'd like to see. Well, he already um, the edge earlier today, so, you know. Oh, okay. my God. You just can't. <laughs> no. anyway. So, the first thing I had, I had a few ideas. Uh, and this isn't going to be where you think I'm going to go. 
because I'm going to go there later. But to start with, uh, the <laughs> first thing arrow. I, Wait, no, I, I said, I said, I'll get to that later. <laughs> you know, he's going to be on the list. It's me. Just like I know Jay is going to pitch Deathstroke's right, which is why I did not put Deathstroke on my list because I want to hear Jay's pitch for it. But anyway, the first project I want to see, and I know they've already announced a bunch, but this one could fit within what they've already announced. It wouldn't be a problem, at least from what we know so far. Um, I the things I like hearing from James Gunn are that they're they're moving forward with a new take on the DC universe and and a, co uh, a cohesive uh, universe for everyone to 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 be involved in. It's not going to be as fractured as as it has been up to this point. And when he was talking about Superman, uh, he and Peter Safran again, they're saying all the right things in as far as their tone uh, and their take on the Man of Steel. And that's great. Uh, I, I'm I'm excited to see Superman Legacy. I'm excited to see uh, Brave and the Bold, which is still a weird title. Um, I'm looking forward to that. But one thing I want to see more than any of that, uh, and, and it was driven home uh, by a trailer that just dropped last weekend for the big game. Um, the thing I have yet to see, and the thing I'm still dying to see from a DC movie, is my first pitch. And I think this is a great way to set the tone for the DCU going forward. And it's a really important stepping stone to get to where we know we'll eventually get to. And that is my first project is I'm calling World's Finest. Because apparently we're using a weird title for stuff. This is a Batman, Superman, team-up movie. They are not going to fight the entire freaking movie. I mean, they're going to argue and bicker a little bit. But they're not going to throw punches at each other the whole movie. Because that's stupid. Zack Snyder. Uh, I'm basing this on the Jeff Loeb series from 2003 till I don't know, it ran for a long time. Um, but follow that comic book template. Uh, if you haven't read this series, it's fantastic. I highly recommend you look it up. Uh, it's called Batman Superman or, or sorry, Superman Batman. Uh, the first title uh, was Public Enemies. They've turned a few of these stories into animated movies. Um, you can watch them on HBO. They're okay. They're like a Cliff Notes version. Um, but one of the biggest things about this series that I love and that I really, really, really want to see carried over into the live action version. First of all, I want to see Batman and Superman working together because that's what we like from our superheroes is seeing them work together, be superheroes together. And this comic gives us that in spades. Uh, the first storyline we get is, is the public enemies story where they're declared public enemies by president Lex Luthor and all kinds of DC villains are, are, uh, and some heroes are trying to rein them in and bring them in and stop them because they don't know what's really going on. Uh, but that forces the two of them to rely on each other. And that forces us into some really cool situations. Um, and, and, and the writing in this book, the dialogue is great because you get the sense this in, from, from the entire book. It, it builds on their history together. And, and it uses that as, as sort of a crutch to get to some really cool stuff. We don't have to see how they first met. This isn't the first time they've met each other and they don't get along. This is more of like a, a buddy cop kind of thing. Um, they're two diametrically opposed people as far as their means and their tactics, but they have the same goal. They're still out to help people. They're still out to, for truth and justice and all that. One a bit more for the whole justice thing than the other one. They have different ways of going about solving a problem. And putting them together to solve one problem together is really interesting to see them play off each other. And the thing I love about this book is it highlights what makes each of them great by viewing them through the, each other's eyes. So it's Clark commenting on Bruce and Batman commenting on Superman and, and, and within their head, their, their internal monologues. 
and and their observations about the other one and it highlights what makes each of them great by highlighting what makes them different it's not a oh i uh, we uh, i have to fight you because you could turn evil and uh, you're just a man and it's it's none of that bullshit it's their their buddies they get along as they should um you get some great great dialogue moments and stuff where like um there's a line where uh, they're, they're chatting and, and Batman's trying to help Superman because he's gotten shot by a kryptonite bullet. And uh, Superman, uh, Batman's saying, hold still, I have to get this out before your your skin starts to heal over and you know, I got to get this shard out. Uh, and Superman goes, huh, where's the Flash when you need him? And Batman's like, do me a favor, Clark, drop this, uh, the, the sense of humor right now. You because know, he's Batman, he's trying to be serious. And, and, and <laughs> Clark is, hey, Bruce, do me a favor, buy one. Uh, like it's 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 things like that like they're they're going back to the bat cave and they get they're taking like a roundabout way to get there and they run into alfred with a shotgun who's like guarding this this random catacomb to get in the bat cave and and <laughs> uh superman's like really a shock your butler with a shotgun that's the best security you had you couldn't give him like a mr freeze ray or something <laughs> and batman's like bruce you have crypto the super dog guarding the fortress so let's not go there okay like just Things like that, like things friends and buddies would say to each other, just like to rib each other. Uh, but it's a really great series. Uh, it gets it gets really really out there uh, as far as some of the storylines detail. It, it reintroduced Supergirl uh, in the early two thousands, and it, they end up going to like Apocalypse and, and, and fighting Darkseid at one point. And um, there's it's, 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 it's all kinds of cool stuff in this series. Uh, there's all kinds of cool stories you could tell from it. Uh, the, the first one's kind of cool where you could bring in Lex Luthor as the president of the United States and using the resources of being president to kind of like finally get his, his, his uh, uh, comeuppance to Superman. Um, but what triggered this, this whole thing for me is there's a shot in the, the trailer for the, the Flash movie Sorry for the Flash thing that isn't really a movie that Scott says is never actually going to come out. You'll never um, see. Yeah, there's this shot of it, 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 we see it, it's it's like a like a back shot. We see the Batwing flying in the air, and then right next to it we see it's Supergirl, but we see that blue suit and that red cape flapping. It's a really quick image, but just that quick image is like you know we've never gotten that in a movie. We've never got the two of them working together side by side in a movie yes they do kind of come together at the end of batman v superman but not really they they they, they put us out of their differences and then they both go do separate things it, uh, it only it only happens when superman says martha well that stops the fight uh and then there's <laughs> a, a, there's a quick little brawl with uh, uh sort of doomsday and then they're off doing their own stuff uh like that's what we've never seen is a movie with these two together working together and that's what i want to see um, well yeah so what one of the interesting things that uh about world's finest and i agree with you i love world's finest uh and because they are you know much like i mean superman batman the light the dark gotham metropolis they're, they're bicoddle opposites they're they're the opposites of the coin um but in world's finest you know they they work together they play off each other well they have and it's it's not so much good cop bad cop you know they do give each other hell they are buddies and they have wildly vastly different ways of approaching things but at the core i think what makes world's finest work is they still respect each other yes you know and 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 that is something we've not seen on screen. That is something that needs to come through. You would need two actors that can that can portray that. Like like Bruce, 
is is going to give Clark a hard time about every decision he makes and the way he approaches every situation. Vice versa, Clark is going to give Bruce a hard time because it's not how he would do it. But it's one of those one of those things where if any outsider comes in and tries to to jump on the bandwagon of picking on one, you know they're going to come to their aid because it's like I can pick on him, you can't. Go away. yeah. Well, and it's also there's some great moments, not just the dialogue and, and whatnot, but like they get into a big brawl at one point and you see the complete trust they have in each other in a fight literally you see and, and this is the else i want to see on camera you see batman calling strategy to superman oh, yeah. on the fly and him listening Bat- yeah, yeah. Again, complete trust in each other. Batman's pinned down, and he he he. They're they're talking to him through an earpiece, and and Batman just says, you know, uh, when you've got a minute, uh, I could use certain. What is he? Yeah. Uh, bring bring down the fire or something like that. And you don't see Superman. You just see through the clouds, red flashes, and then just streaks of heat vision bombing down on targets. Yep. Um, it, it, they're fighting. There's they have a brawl with um them versus hawkman and shazam and they call a um i think bruce calls a boxing term i forget what it's called not a rope dope but something where it's basically it's code for switch switch partners switch yeah. who we're fighting yeah um again that that offhand kind of like they they know each other they know what they're capable of they can just, just again the two of them completely trusting each other in in a fight and knowing each one has their back and and using each other's abilities to help them in a fight that's awesome and this is the other reason I want to see this movie, not just because I want to see those two characters on screen working together, but this is a very important stepstone to we know at some point in this eight to ten year plan we're getting a new Justice League movie. This is an important stepping stone that we jumped over the last time we tried doing this. Is is those initial meetups of these characters that leads to the Justice League? A Batman Superman movie is an important stepping stone to get there. So after we've established the the younger years of Superman with with Superman Legacy and and the the Bruce where he's he's got his you know saddled with the new son and, and dealing with all that somewhere after that because again by this point we'll have already established a Superman and a Batman here we go um, and the story in this movie has tons of of uh, opportunities for cameos and establishing other characters you know the Damian Robin can be in there. No, excuse me. There's, the, the, there's there's a part where in the comic where the the Bat family and the Superman family um, kind of step up to help them out. You you could get tons of cool cameos in there. Um, lots of opportunities for for really cool stuff. And and again, set set the tone for what this new DCU is going to be like. So that was my first big swing at the fences of of we need to see this. Um, what do you guys got? Jay. Hi. What's up? Hi, Jay. What's going on? Do you, do you, do you have a comment on, on the, the, the world's finest team up? Um, I agree with John that you need a Batman Superman team up before you can get the Justice League. But also, I think you could jump straight into the Justice League. <laughs> I don't know. Honestly. I don't know. Snyder tried that. Yeah, but he sucked. So, oh. uh, it's okay. Joss Whedon sucked trying to fix it too. So, it's just, it, it just sucked. Um, 
But no, like a Batman Superman team up would be pretty interesting. And if you're going to go that way, if you're going to go with a Batman Superman team up in in preparation for the Justice League, um one thing I think would also be cool is if they did like a Martian Manhunter movie. Yes. Ooh. Thank you um, very much. Yes. Because I don't think anybody out there really knows who Martian Manhunter is. And the only reason I know him is from the Justice League. Um, and not like the old Justice League, you know, like, meanwhile, in the that, Temple that's, of... That's, that's, that's the Super Friends. Yeah, that's Super Friends. Super Friends, yes. Okay, sorry. So Justice League, I'm thinking of like the TV show. I don't know when it was, in the 2000s? Yeah. I think. It, yeah. had, a, it had Flash and Superman and Batman... Um, yeah, let in the Justice League Unlimited. Yeah, yeah, but I think I think that would be cool because like that's an opportunity for DC to uh, kind of take a page from early Marvel, um, where they introduced like nobody, you know, like what John said, nobody knew who the Guardians of the Galaxy were, and then everybody knows who the Guardians of the Galaxy are after that. So I think it'd be interesting to take that sort of premise and do and for him you'd have to do well, i hate origin stories well but you'd have to do some sort of origin of martian, so, martian manhunter or like background of him so so first of all i, w- I would i would like to, to make a comment here real quick your your statement of before the movie and and with james gunn said who did it and stuff uh yeah. no one no one knew who the guardians of the galaxy were and that's kind of true they were kind of eclectic but your statement of now everybody knows who you know Guardians of the Galaxy are, I disagree with that. Now everybody knows who these characters are with regards to James Gunn's vision. If you go back to the comics, they're still not going to know who the Guardians of the Galaxy are. Because the vision yeah. that on, on, in the movie is, while based on the comics and, and his inspiration, it's still James Gunn's vision. It's not, they're still eclectic. It's, it's still... They know the movie version. They don't. They don't know the comic version. Well, you can say that about anything in the Marvel movies. So yeah. that, 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 I feel like you're just splitting hairs there. I am, but it's still a hair I like to split. Okay. So I, but I think, I think that's a character we haven't seen. I mean, yes, yeah, there has well, been some sort of live action versions of it, but never more but than like a cameo. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, well, and not large scale. Yeah, no, exactly. And I agree with you because uh, I love Martian Manhunter. I love his backstory. I love everything about the character. He's one that definitely needs to be explored. The only real live action that we've seen he's in, uh, he's got a, I guess you could call it a somewhat quote unquote prominent role in uh, uh, Superman and Lois because he's reoccurring. But his his time as Martian Manhunter is very limited. You you, you get him in that role very limited. Um same with he was on a few seasons of Smallville, and, Smallville. and then yeah. they, it, they worked in him Smallville. into the Justice League movie. Yeah, it's all in small doses. Yeah. 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 And I I mean they're you know, you you basically know the majority of the Justice League. Like people know Wonder Woman, Superman, Batman, Flash, um, to an extent Green Lantern. Yeah. But like a lot of people aren't too familiar with Martian Manhunter, and I feel like you could have a pretty awesome origin story style movie. You know what you could what you could do that I think Scott would love uh, with this character and an opportunity this character provides because they keep failing to cash in on this with Batman, which is Martian Manhunter is a detective. 
Like that's his cover. John Jones is a detective. You could do the first actual superhero detective story with this character. Yeah. Get get real down to the nitty gritty, the noir stuff. Yeah. And you could do it where the person he's tracking ends up being a Martian and that ties it into his origin. So the story we're watching ties back to his origin to justify why we're rehashing the origin for the character. Like maybe he 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 he's tracking something and he he discovers oh this might be a Martian I might not be by myself then he figures out it's a white Martian not a green Martian like you you could almost repurpose the the core storyline from the French Connection it would be there you go uh, the Martian Connection there you go I want the French hey. Connection with Martian Manhunter I'm cool with that <laughs> <laughs> but that's like yeah I just feel like they it's a disservice to some characters where like. If if you are gonna start fresh, which is great, like this is a great idea, and and maybe he's not in chapter one, like John said with this, you know, what is it, heroes and monsters, gods and monsters, which I I think gods. he fits perfectly in that theme too, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, like you, you could go that, like you could do that, like bust it out. Um, bust I, a move. I, just, I think it'd be cool. Oh, but you can say bust a move, but I can't say all that in a bag of chips. Got it. Exactly, because all that in the bag of chips is stupid. Oh yeah. Good first, uh, first, uh, first, first toss out there, Jay. That's a, it's a solid, solid choice. But I, 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 yeah, that there's a lot of cool possibilities. Again, like, and I think that's one of the things James Gunn wants to do with this is, is to not just focus on your mainstream characters, but to give the spotlight to, you know, we're gonna get Booster Gold series. Like that's a lesser known character, and and Martian Manhunter definitely fits in that important but lesser known category so yeah which good and you know honestly it and it doesn't have to be a movie i don't think either because like you said you you could make a series out of it probably yeah and do like like, you know a new sort of (laughs) like i guess detective story every week or whatever like do a 12 well maybe not 12 episode i don't know how many episodes whatever do in a series yeah but like you could tie each one's individual, but it's like got an overarching theme that connects the all the episodes and has like a nice conclusion tie-in. That'd be kind of cool. I dig it. So, yeah, I, Scott, I what do you got? Well, so there's this little known character that I thought about called the Martian Manhunter. Uh, <laughs> wow, I've never heard of him before. <laughs> No, literally, uh, I when I was thinking about this, one of the first go-tos that I had was Martian Manhunter because I love him and, and he hasn't been done, but then Jay just co- totally swooped in and just stole my thunder. That's fine. We get to talk about it, and that's all that matters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we, but, we got you I'm sorry, on. Scott. You can, you can uh, pontificate. No, no, no. no. I've, I've already pontificated, you know. Um, I, I, I am very pontificatious. <laughs> Yeah, we're we're gonna have some crossover here, and that's okay. Because just because somebody else brought up a character you yeah. like doesn't mean you can't no, no. give your two cents on, well, on what to do with that character. So yeah, that's what I, we're here for. And I did, and I did, and that's fine. But moving on, one of my things that I approached this with, and I think I may just just hearing you two talk, I may have been the only person that did this. Was I was not thinking about characters that could fit in with the current plan. I was throwing the plan away. Like oh. I was, okay. just, I was just throwing the plan out. I'm just like, I just want to see, these are things that I just want to see that are DC characters we've never seen, and I would love to see a treatment of. All right, well, you give the character, Jay, or Scott, and we will we will stuff them into the DCU. 
and that's fine. And and here is somebody. So so this guy was on my list, on my short list of characters that I would like to see get a good treatment and stuff like that. And in my opinion, this would work well now that I think about it for rebooting the DCU, even though that's not where I approached this from. Okay. Because if they did a movie, if they did a movie with this character and everything, it would get a jump on Marvel. Okay. They did this character, they would be ahead of Marvel. Okay. Um, and this is a character that I think, in all honesty, I know we're not talking casting, but I think uh, yeah, uh, Zachary Levy would actually be perfect for this character, much more so than for Shazam, because I'm not a big fan of his portrayal of Shazam, but okay. that's, another, that's another discussion. I would like to see Plastic Man. And the reason I say this, hang on. The reason yeah, I say no. this, a, you've got the comedy. Everybody loves Plastic Man. You got the comedy. You can't do Plastic Man without the comedy, right? And that, that's kind of the core. But you could tell wow. a serious story at the crux of comedy. Like the like, if you have a comedic story that at its core has a serious story. I cite the inspiration for the Shazam movie, Big. You know, which was the better Shazam movie. Because um, it's a comedic movie. It has comedy all around. But at, at its crux, there's a very core story there. So you could do that with, with Plastic Man. You could tell a very comedic... You could have comedy all over the place, but at its core, still tell a story. Now, one of Plastic Man's big powers, of course, is he stretches. That's his thing. He shapeshifts. He stretches. So if you did Plastic Man now... When Marvel finally gets around to doing the Fantastic Four, all audiences are going to see is, oh, he has the same powers as Plastic Man. That's what they're going to see. And you can't tell me that they're not. No, you're right. And, and look, I'm not a fan of this character, but this character absolutely 100% fits the James Gunn mold of yeah. the kind of characters he likes to spotlight, which huh? is the lesser known and the the... How he he phrased it really well. The basically the the losers, the 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 characters who were like social outcasts and misfits, yeah. Um, but but triumph through and and you know yeah. That the more you talk, the more like you know I can one thousand percent see James Gunn having that 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 fits the mold of characters he likes. And, and and I know Zachary Levy wouldn't be cast as this because he's already Shazam. I get that, but you can't tell me you couldn't see Zachary Levy in this role. You know who I would love to cast in this role, but I would need a time machine is 90s Jim Carrey. 90, yeah, first, yeah, yes. This 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 role is tailor-made for 90s Jim Carrey. Yeah. Or or even Jim Carrey in a Sonic movie where he suddenly goes back to being 90s Jim Carrey again. I, I haven't seen the Sonic movie, so I haven't seen him as Professor Eggman. I don't, I don't know. He goes right back to being old Jim Carrey, and it's awesome. Really? Uh, but yeah, okay. yeah, oh yeah. At least the first one, I haven't seen the second one. Yeah. But anyway, no, that's... Again, not a character I love, but yes, Scott, you were right. He definitely fits the mold of characters that, and, and he definitely fits that spot of something we haven't seen before. Yeah, and and I love him. I've loved him. I fell in love with the character ever since. In the comics, one day I forget what it was, but there was a vehicle that had a flat tire, and he literally just wrapped himself around the axle and became the tire. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, I love this guy. He's great. He's so versatile. 
Um, Nicely yeah. done. Jay, do you, do you not like Plastic Man, Jay? Well, no, you said Zachary Levy, but I get strong Bruce Campbell vibes. Well, younger Bruce Campbell, yeah. Yeah. I don't think older Bruce Campbell, like current Bruce Campbell, probably wouldn't do it, but... But yeah, I could definitely see if you're looking at the character the way he's been depicted over the years. Yeah, I can see uh, definitely a, a younger Bruce Campbell, a Bruce Campbell yeah. type. Yeah, yeah. I could plastic definitely see that. Plastic, but man. I do. I get. I get what you're saying though. Like you, they're you know, plastic band stretches. Yeah, and they're like, oh, it's Mister Fantastic, you know. Well, like, yeah, but it's, it's it's just that like like your hardcore comic characters already know about Mister Fantastic and Plastic Man. They are the, your yeah. your comic guys already know they both exist. But if you did a pla- a good you know Plastic Man movie where the effects of his stretching were just really really good and everything, then a you're forcing Marvel to have to compete with that level of effects. And B, by the time they get around to doing the Fantastic Four, because they're obviously holding them in reserve as long as they can and stuff, they're they're building up to it. Um, by the time they get around to it, the, a general audience is going to be like, "Oh, it's it's Plastic Man. Yeah, we've seen him." So having this character now would only help DC in so many ways. Yeah, and again, the the theme I wanted with a lot of this stuff is what's different what haven't we seen from a superhero movie yet and even if it's a character type we've seen how can we do it differently so that it feels fresh and new and not just a rehash and plastic man definitely fits that mold so ha fits that mold that's good so um i was looking at i I just like i googled plastic man you know Mm because i need refresher and a lot of what I pop up like is like Ben Schwartz wants to be Plastic Man, and then I had to think. Oh, about, that'd be fun. Who the hell I had to ben think about Schwartz, who Ben yeah. Schwartz was, and then I was from like, Parks oh, shit, it's the guy from Parks and Rec. Yeah, I, I, I still don't know. Hang on, give me just a second here, Ben. Schwartz. Yeah, Ben Schwartz. Yeah, he He's looks just thing. like the with Joe Keery from uh, um, Stranger Things. They get mistaken for each other all the time. Uh, oh, he's in Parks and Rec. Yeah, yeah, he's actually pretty funny in Parks and Rec. If you say so, I mean, I've seen Parks and Rec and I laugh at it, but I don't know who Ben Schwartz. See, I'm trying to find this. I'm he's um, to... oh god, what's his name? Oh, there he is. Okay. Uh, oh god, I can't think he's, of the guy that works at the uh, Tom Haverford's uh, buddy. Yeah, I yeah, I could I could see him as Plastic Man. I could definitely see him as Plastic Man. But yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. I so. dig it. I would love to see him. That would be awesome. Alrighty then. That would be awesome. Anyway. So, the one you knew was coming because I can't not have a pitch for it. But I will say this. I did write up an entire pitch and then throw it out and come up with something because the, the pitch I had was just, no, no, we've seen all this. Give me something we haven't seen, John. So I challenged myself. John, how do you do Green Arrow? And make it feel fresh and new for an audience after we've had eight seasons of Arrow, um, and and numerous uh, superhero movies, you know, like Daredevil and a lot of movies, but it's street level heroes. How do we do that different? So my pitch is not for a Green Arrow movie. My pitch, following the theme of my first pitch, is a team up. My pitch is Green Arrow and Black Canary together. I want a super. I know. 
I want a superhero couple movie. I want Mr. and Mrs. Smith in the superhero DC universe. I'm shook, John, to my core. I'm just... Remember all this when you pitched Deathstroke in a minute, Jay. Uh, So forget the origin story. We can work past all that because we're we're, we're in that. Go with the Mike Grell era where they're living together uh, and and, uh, Dinah's operating the floral shop and Ollie's sort of keeping an eye on Queen Industries, but not really. Uh, um, You can make references to their uh, uh, or have cameos by like Barbara Gordon. Black Canary's best friend that you can tie it into the Batman universe and Roy Harper, you know, storming off and fighting with, with Ollie. Um, but that's, that's the vibe I want is Mr. And Mrs. Smith, uh, that, that super spy couple sort of vibe, but with superpowers or well, not superpowers, but yeah, with superheroes with, with the costumes and the, the shooty shooty and the pew pews. Um, storyline I would go with is also from the Mike girl run, the shadow storyline. Um, swap out the Yakuza for the League of Assassins or the League of Shadows, whatever you want to call them. Um, and that way you can tie in characters like Ra's al Ghul and build up a bigger universe. You can bring, uh, you, you can have Merlin, the, the Dark Archer, come in as, as like a, an assassin working for the League um, to take over some of the other roles so you can keep Shadow as, as kind of being an anti-hero character. Um, and then my other caveat for this is you absolutely have to get the John Wick fight choreography team to come do this movie uh because when you have two superheroes who essentially are depowered and yes i know black canary has powers but it's her last resort she doesn't default to it her her main go-to is just being a badass uh you've got to have top-notch fights uh and and i would love to see the john wick crew do cool stuff with the bow and arrow combat um there's my pitch so one thing that i have against this is and i love what you're saying i, I get it but you keep you keep signing Mr. and Mrs. Smith, and in most of that movie, they're fighting each other all the way up to the third act. Right, that vibe, not exactly that storyline, okay. but that vibe. Okay, just the playing off each other. Yes. Yeah, the way they. So basically, I, I want to see a superhero couple, not where yeah. we're flirting and we get together at the end of the movie, but we're yeah, in yeah, a relationship, we're living together. Relationship. Yeah. So, you, so, so the third act of Mrs. Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Yes. Kind of as far as their relationship. Now the storyline, of course, is different, but just like they've gotten to that point. Like like they know each other as a superhero. They they they're in a relationship, they know their secret and they play off each other well, they give each other shit all the time. Like the what, what's the uh what's the you one want, huh? you, you want Mr. Incredible and Elastigirl pre babies, like at the beginning of the movie in the Incredible. Kinda. I just want Green Arrow and Black Canary together because that's and their dynamic. Well, yeah. What's the, uh, what's the, there's a comic, they're in a bar, and I think they're with Hal, and sounds like, like so, somebody's giving uh, Ollie shit, and um, uh, what's her name, Black Canary, what's her, what's her name, Laurel? Dinah, Laurel, Dinah. yeah. Dinah, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, is, is basically, you know, basically doing her thing, telling the guy to back off. And he's still trying to give Ollie shit by you let you let your woman, you know, and, and he's like, you have no idea, you know, hey, dude, you're, you're picking this fight. This is not me. I'm just here doing yeah. it. I forget what comic that is, but that is a wonderful scene. Um, again, I just, my whole pitch was, how do we come at this from a different angle? And something we've never seen in a, a is is a superhero couple living not we're flirting we're, we hate each other the whole time and by the third act we kiss like yeah. that we see all the time yeah. but yeah. from from act one 
we're already in a relationship, we're leaving together. And you can almost play it up almost, I don't want to say rom-com, but yeah. almost play up that element of, of the uh, domestic bliss kind of angle of, yeah. yes, we're fighting, we're fighting crime and taking down drug dealers and fighting Yakuza assassins, but I'm also getting bitched at because I left the dishes in the sink last night. Yeah. That kind of dynamic. Yeah. Uh, where the relationship is at the just as much as important to the story and to the characters as the the crime fighting is. Um, yeah, no, no. I, I mean, so one of the characters, once again, when we were thinking about this, of of characters, we stuff we've not seen, stuff we'd like mm-hmm. to see going forward. Green Arrow was very much on my list because because I love the concept of the Green Arrow. I'm not as huge of a fan as you are, but I do like Green Arrow. Um, and um. He's kind of on my list too, but in a different way. We'll get to it. I'll, I'll okay. bring it up whenever we get back okay. to it. Um, but uh, but the the concept of having it with him and, and uh, Black Canary and having that couples kind of a thing, I hadn't thought of that. That is a wonderful wonderful take on on how to on, on a treatment for this character. I love it. Thank you. I I think it's stupid. No one cares what you think, Jake. So moving on. <laughs> Um, Hold on. I'm I sorry. need the timestamp on that one. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just gave you a hard time. Uh, no, I'm no, just kidding, it, John. It's not a bad idea. Thank you. I'll take that. Uh, and again, yeah. it, it, it's, it's one of those stepping stones. It, it puts a couple important characters on the map, uh, building towards Justice League. Uh, it's ripe for working in cameos from other characters. Nope. So my question is, who would you have playing Ollie opposite Melissa McCarthy's Black Can- Black Canary? Oh my Fuck god! You, <laughs> oh. Fuck you, Scott. Fuck you. Wait, eat the whole Melissa bag McCarthy. of chips. Okay, opposite Melissa McCarthy is Black Canary. I... Will Ferrell. No. Jason we're gonna ba- if we're gonna horribly cast a movie, Jason. Wait, hang on. No, they've wait, been wait, in a movie. They have chemistry. Have... We may have to save this concept, this 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 uh, Green Arrow movie. We may have to save this for our next bad casting. Segment. Oh, please don't! <laughs> Good Lord. In yeah. terms of casting, I have no idea. Uh, everyone wants Charlie Hunnam as Green Arrow, but I think that's just because he has he, for a while he had the beard, and I, I don't know. I don't care who you cast, as long as the two actors have good chemistry together. That's you, all. I'm you asking. know who would make a great. Uh, film version actually i think he could do tv as well but i mean we we have the Stephen amell thing going on mm-hmm. but that's the cw's treatment so let's, that's also done let's, so and it's also done but let, let's 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 look at a a green arrow that is more comic book less cw treatment like you yes know, more ollie queen you know more of that goatee you know that that blonde goatee and everything you know who i think could actually pull that character off in that version either film or tv is that krasinski fella that does the thing Everybody wants for Reed Richards. I, I would watch John Krasinski and uh, shit. I did blanked on his wife's name now. Pam. Oh, the, the other girl from The Office. No. Uh, Although uh, I'm fine shit. with uh, what is with her, her name? She's Jenna, from Jenna Fisher's The Office, but his actual wife Shh. is. Yeah, she's, she's in. From, uh, she's from that Tom Cruise movie where they. De- she's in Edge of Tomorrow. She was uh, uh, Mary Poppins in Mary Poppins Returns. You know, there's this thing called IMDb. We can just punch that up. Yeah, there. if I knew where my phone was. Yeah, but I've got um, uh, this thing here on my Emily Blunt. Is that her name? Yeah, sure. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I'd watch the two of them. That'd be awesome. Emily Blunt. Let me. I gotta get a picture. Oh God, yes, she would make a great Black Canary, wouldn't she? Yes. 
I would watch them all day long. Emily totally. Blunt is Black Canary. John Krasinski is Green Arrow. I'd watch uh, it. I'd watch the shit out of that. Like I've uh, seen him in a quiet place. Like he can pull off. I think. Have you can... seen him in Jack Ryan? He does no. a great job there too. He's a badass. It's awesome. Yeah, I'm starting to think the uh, uh, with, with Krasinski, Steve Tom, John Krasinski. John Krasinski. Yeah. Uh, I'm starting to think he can't. There's nothing he can't do. We'll find out. He is a chameleon of acting. Uh, but yeah, what you were saying, like a much more comic book accurate version of Green Arrow. We're like, you know how Bruce Wayne in the movies does that? Like, I'm a dumb billionaire and I drink all day and I'm just a playboy. Like, that's the act he puts on. That is Ollie Queen. He's Batman, but he's fun. Uh, and I want to see that because on CW, as much as I love Arrow and I love Stephen Amell, they very, very made him Batman broody uh, for eight seasons and it got kind of old. So give me the other side of the coin of, of Ollie Queen. But yeah, that's a rant for another show. Sorry. Uh, who are we at? Jay? Coy? Jay. Yeah. We're on Jay. What you got? Well, you know, since we're going with tried and true, no surprise there picks. Um, Deathstroke. What? You mean Ryan well, Listen, Aren't they already doing a movie with him? Is that? I don't want Deathstroke to have his own movie. Ooh, okay. I, Hot take. I, okay. I don't I don't want him to have his own movie. I don't want him to have his own TV show. Okay. What you, what I want like Deathstroke is a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> You're on live with Deathstroke. Um I would like the character of Deathstroke to be the bacon of the DCU. Oh. Where he, you, yes, you add bacon to anything uh, and it immediately yes. becomes better. Yeah, so you want him, you want him added on to other things to make the yes. other things better. It's like, okay, John's pitch for Black Canary and Green Arrow. Oh shit, there's Deathstroke. Uh, the Batman Superman team up movie. Oh shit, Deathstroke. You know, he's in Justice League. He just, like, he just keeps popping up. He's not. And he, not necessarily a good guy, not necessarily a bad guy. He just pops up doing a job. He's just there to do a job, Dude. whatever that job might be. Um, and just, you know what I mean? He's the bacon of the DCU. You throw him in something, and it's not going to make it worse. Jay. <laughs> yeah. Hear me out. What if we used Deathstroke, and, 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 and hear me out, as the Coulson for our eventual Justice League. So he keeps popping up in all these movies. And maybe oh, he has yeah. a fight with the hero, maybe he doesn't. But we then, and in, in one of the, the stinger tags at the end of these movies, we learn the reason he keeps popping up in all these places by all these heroes is because he's actually working for Lex Luthor. Who's sending go. him to go get intel on all these new heroes popping up to eventually lead to Legion of Doom or something. Yes. Like, that'd be cool. Like, he, he's like the, I don't want to say evil version of Coulson, but like, he's just like, oh shit, there's Deathstroke again. And maybe, maybe he's not as Deathstroke. Maybe it's just Slade, <laughs> you know, in a few. Where he just maybe the first Slade time we see him, he's like, just oh, a guy shit. with an eye patch. And then later he shows up in armor. And, and, you know. Right? Like, yeah. oh yeah, look at well, this guy. So if he's just a guy, 
if he's just a guy in an eye patch that's you know bringing bunches of people together, I think he's less Coulson and more Nick Fury in our version. Ah, okay, shit. That, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm just saying. I'm just gonna. Yeah, just we're still doing out. it. I don't care. Still doing it. You know, I mean, he's not bringing people together like Luther is. He's just doing the spying for him. That's our like, out. Uh, um, like that's actually, I don't. I yes, I would shit if they did a Deathstroke movie. I'd be like one of the first people in line to go see it. Uh, if they did a Deathstroke TV show, yes, I'd be streaming that shit right now. But the thing is, I don't think he's best served doing those things, which is probably contrary to what you guys thought I was going to say. But honestly, I think he's best served as, like I said, the the bacon of the DCU. You add him to other things, and you're like, oh shit. Yeah, I love that guy. because it lets us keep Deathstroke as a villain. Because what ends up happening with characters like that is, yes, they're a villain, but people really like them. So... Oh, yeah. they're an quote anti-hero unquote yeah. now, yeah. Yeah. which yeah. is the bullshit word for they're a good guy, but they'll yeah. say some bad words. Yeah, even though they're a villain, they if you give them their own movie, they still have to be the protagonist of the movie. Yes, you yeah. know, and and it, it changes their whole dynamic. Um, I'm not a big fan of the Deathstroke character. Um. And and I say this because I think he gets overused a lot. Um, because he's been used in a lot of different things as kind of the same character over and over again. Um, but I would, I if you were going to you know reinvent Slade Wilson slash, um, uh, Deadpool. Death I mean, Death, the Terminator. Um, you know, in in um, in in live action movies i definitely would bring him in as a sprinkle in character that crosses over all the movies and then we yeah. culminate with whatever he's doing but i would but here's the thing here so so let's say so let's put him in the hybrid colson slash um uh nick fury kind of kind of archetype Roll. Right? okay yeah so, so he's in all these, he's assessing for whatever, he's bringing all these people together, but then when we finally do bring them all together, we find out he ultimately is the villain. I'm not talking Thanos style. You know, I'm not talking world ending. Keep it a lot more grounded. He's recruiting villains to take him down? Again, that was my whole pitch, is the only reason he's there is the heroes are popping up, he's there to keep tabs on them and basically yeah. do, do gather intel on yeah. them. And to eventually put together a team to take him down. Yes, and, and he's reporting back, hey, if you want to take down this guy, you need this guy. If you want to take down uh, yeah. Green Arrow, you need this guy. If you're taking down Batman, you need this guy. You know, that type of thing, yeah. And, cool. and he ultimately is leading that team. I will pitch one idea, Jay. If, if we ever do get to a Deathstroke uh, movie or solo project, there's one storyline from the comics I think would be awesome because you could do the he's the protagonist but still keep him an asshole and a bad guy because the person he's tasked with killing is an even greater asshole and bad guy. So he can still be an asshole and a bad guy. And there's a storyline from the New 52 era. And I don't say this a lot, but it was a good story from the New 52 era where Deathstroke is contracted to kill a god. 
and he has to go to Hephaestus because the Greek yeah. gods exist to get a sword have that in order to do that. Yeah, it's an awesome series. He ends up he has to sneak onto Themyscira to get this sword. He has a fight with Wonder Woman, uh, and it leads to I think Ares is the god he's contracted to kill, who's an even bigger villain and asshole than he is. So he never loses that edge or that 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 uh, I'm a villain. It's just the guy I'm taking out is even that much more of a villain. Like we don't have to like temper him down to make him feel relatable or whatever because his target is that much worse. It's also a cool storyline. Yeah. Um, I just I, we need more Deathstroke. That's what I think. I know Scott said that he's used a lot, but I feel like he's used a lot in video games and not necessarily in live action. Yeah. And yeah, he was in Arrow, but like. That was yeah, and even there, like he's used a lot because he's a versatile character. Like he's not on the same level of annoying as. And I'll spoil it. I'm not pitching Red Hood anywhere in this list because Red Hood is overdone as fuck. Because Red Hood is that same one storyline over and over and over again. Deathstroke, yeah, he gets used a lot, but I think that's because he's a versatile character and you can kind of use him in a lot of different ways. Uh, so I don't think he's he's gotten as annoyingly popular as red hood because again you do red hood and it's just it's, it's that one story that's all you've got with yeah. red hood that we all know the twist of already so it's God. over the damn red hood i am so sick of that storyline it's not funny exactly hey, who's yeah. who's under the red hood plastic man that's who ah! <laughs> you didn't see that coming did you yeah uh so that's my my pitch for Deathstroke is make him the bacon of the DCU. Like, I like that idea, dude. You just add him to something. You add him to something that you already have planned. And, it, you know, people could expect it or not expect it. But in my opinion, unexpected bacon, when you didn't know there was going to be bacon, is always the best bacon. <laughs> so. I thought the best bacon was Kevin Bacon. Yeah, exactly. You you got to come up with a different version of this because every time you say that, I keep thinking you want him to be the Kevin Bacon. Yes, uh, it's six degrees point. of of Deathstroke. Uh, Everyone no, can I, only be. Like, we want Deathstroke in like a version of Footloose or something, you know. Oh, uh, he goes to a small town in Kansas where assassinating people is illegal. Deathstroke no, loose. No, no, no. That, no, Stroke loose. Is, no, the dancing is illegal. But okay. his solution, instead of throwing a party, is just to start executing all yes. the, 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 the the town elders. <laughs> the, the river deathstroke. Instead of him and a bank robbing accomplice taking over somebody's raft to go downstream, yeah, he just well, murders people. Well, and also, and still I mean, takes the raft. If you wanted to be the the bacon of the DCU, then have a Friday the Thirteenth Deathstroke, where it's Jason versus Deathstroke. I'd watch that. <laughs> Tremor stroke. <laughs> exactly. It's Deathstroke in the desert fighting giant worms. I'd watch that. <laughs> and if you if you're saying you wouldn't, you're lying to yourself. So now that we're putting Deathstroke in Kevin Bacon roles, who wins, Kevin Deathstroke Bacon or Burt Gummer, Jay? <laughs> well, no, hang on. Oh God, Jesus. <laughs> Trick question. They end up just cracking open beers and comparing guns, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, but. But what about what about when Kevin Bacon, you know, I'm sorry, sorry, when Deathstroke, you know, uh-huh. is 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 trying, you know, two Marines for murder, you know, 
in 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 a, in a court of law, and literally his entire thing is just to execute the the defense attorneys and the defendants. <laughs> He's like case dismissed, but no one sees him do it. It's weird. <laughs> is that a few good men? Is that is he? In, yes. Is that the one? Yes. A few good death strokes. A few good death strokes. <laughs> a few good strokes, if you know what I mean. I think you do. Uh, uh, what about what about the time that Deathstroke was in college and tried to join a fraternity? Oh God! Thank you, sir. May I have another? <laughs> no, he gets spanked once and he turns around and he shoots the person <laughs> in the head. Oh, okay. Like, how uh, dare you do that, sir? <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh my God! So is that your next pitch, Kevin? To Kevin Bacon? <laughs> Just, 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 just substitute Deathstroke in for every Kevin Bacon role that's ever been done. Nice. You know uh, what was it? Uh, Kevin Bacon did the the Invisible Man. What was that? Hollow Man. Oh, Hollow Man. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Hollow Stroke. Ho- hollow Deathstroke. Hollow, hollow Stroke. Yeah. <laughs> he only thinks he's invisible. He only thinks he's invisible. He just sneaks up behind people and they're just too scared shitless to say anything because it's Deathstroke. And they're like, yeah, he's invisible. We can't see him. (laughs) He just moves so uh, slow that he's imperceptible. Wow. I love it. Scott? So I'm going to piggyback off of your uh, going to the Green Arrow. Uh, Okay. I like it. Yeah, well, because one thing that I love in the comics, and so I like the character of Green Arrow. As everyone should. Even though, even though. Can't let me have a nice comment. No, no, I can't. I can't. I can't. I gotta, I gotta throw, I gotta, gotta I gotta throw me into it. I've got to throw me into it. It's who I am. Uh, it always bugged me that there was a Green Lantern and a Green Arrow. Like, I never, even as a kid, I never understood the whole green thing. Like, why why do we have two characters that have green in their name? Never really. That being said, hang on. <gasps> Scott. That, I know. because I'm gonna, pitching what I think you're pitching? I'm, I'm going to pitch it. I always liked, even though they are complete opposites, they have nothing to do with each other. They are great friends in the comics. They have had a wonderful run in the comics. I would love to see on screen a Green Arrow, Green Lantern, the the, the team up. I want to see them on screen together because they work very well together. That that being said, it's it's Ollie and and Hal. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's, it's not just you know. Yeah. Like, you are would... you pitching a hard traveling heroes? movie because then i'm pitching a tent and i just got hard (laughs) i am i want them together on screen uh you know i don't know i'm I'm not pitching a specific story that they've been in together okay they've had so many you know but yeah green arrow and i love green lantern and i get whoops hang on i had a mic malfunction um and, and and I get that we have it. We would have to establish if we're gonna tie it into the DCU. Once again, my picks weren't weren't even thinking about the current plan, but we would have to establish some sort of Green Lantern presence first if we were to tie well, it in. I'm they're already sure. doing Hal Jordan in the series, so he's already yeah. in the universe. Yeah. Yeah. I want I I would love to see them get their own series. 
yeah no so you, you do that series you do the Green Arrow Black Canary movie and then some point down the road for whatever reason Hal's on Earth and he's got to hitch a ride with Ollie and they're in a beat up pickup truck uh, <laughs> running into trouble on the road. Uh, yeah, no. Yeah. It's that is such an uh, uh, iconic storyline. It's what yeah. literally gave Green Arrow his his conscience uh, up until that run in the 80s. He was literally just Batman with bow and arrow. Uh, as much as I, it kills me to say that about the character, that really was what the character was. It's that storyline that number one gave him his own costume, uh, a much more creative costume, and then gave him because, like you said, they were opposite sides of of the. Uh, all you became the hard left, and well, not hard, but like the the more left leaning hippie, and yeah. then uh, Hal was the more conservative, and it was those two viewpoints running into problems all across the, the country, uh, uh, dealing with that kind of stuff. Yeah, we could even take a we could even take a uh, a, a page from the old um, Captain Marvel series, you know, where they're just traveling around the the the, the U.S. in a in a Winnebago. It's got to be a pickup truck. Okay, pickup truck. That's fine. They can be hauling a trailer, but <laughs> but yeah, I always I always like the Green Lantern Green Arrow, you know, um, the the team ups and stuff. They were always fun yes. for me uh, and such. And, and and I guess I guess the only reason that the 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 comic writers and publishers put them together was because they both have green in their name. I don't know, um, but it worked. The writers that wrote it made it work. The story, and it, this might not be true. The story I heard of why that came to be was, uh, I think Green Arrow had been doing backup stories in Green Lantern, and and they wanted to to directly involve him to try to boost up the character a bit. And that's when they came up with the, the the idea of, well, they already had the idea of doing things that were a little more uh, realistic and grounded and, and a little slightly politi- political leaning. Uh, and those two characters just worked well for, okay, well, at that point, Green Arrow is just a blank slate and we can put whatever personality onto him we want. And, and Hal's already a space cop, so we can lean into that. Boom, there we go. But yeah, great run. Great idea. And then we can circle back to when Green Arrow and Black Canary get married and how's the best man? Oh, yeah. He loses the ring and there's a whole side issue about that. Well, a, a whole two-part episode about that. Yeah. The uh, fun fact, the the, the engagement ring uh, that, that Ollie made for Dinah, uh, the band, is is Hal's original depowered Green Lantern ring. Well, that's just <laughs> weird. Mm-hmm. And the diamond uh, is from the diamond arrow he used on his first adventure with the Justice League. Hmm. He had to steal it from um, the Justice League Museum. <laughs> not, Sorry. Not, not to backtrack or anything, um, but Scott got me on a tangent. Oh. Uh, flat strokers. <laughs> oh, God. It took me a, a second. Really? <laughs> So literally a bunch of med school students start killing themselves and they encounter death stroke in their their yeah the their, twist is it was death the whole time it was death stroke yeah uh, I, I haven't thought about that movie see now I gotta look that movie wait 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 I got another one for you death stroke 13 where the mission to the moon is thwarted oh, by death stroke wow. <laughs> that might be a bridge too far there bud <laughs> How about this one? Think, think you went on the line. There you go. 
stir of death strokes. Uh, Holy person shit. person thinks that they're hearing things and going crazy. Uh, yes, yeah, Scott? Am I the only one that didn't realize there was a remake to Flatliners? There's a reason you haven't heard of it, Scott. 2017. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And if it was good, I would have told you about it. Okay. Fair enough. Scott, sometimes I, I just don't tell you about movies. I, I looked up Flatliners and I'm like, there's a 2017. That's not when that movie came out. And then I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. Um, Oliver <laughs> Platt is in that movie? The original, not the remake. Yeah. Holy shit. I need to watch this movie. Well, alrighty. <laughs> Jay, I think we're up to you, bud. Okay, John, I'm going to steal a page out of your book. Okay. Um, Because I was very confused about who they were. Mm-hmm. And... I actually thought they were the best part of this movie. Okay. It would be be something that I would want to explore more. Um, And if you want to recast some of the same people, that'd be fine, because I think you'd be okay with it. But the the Justice Society. Is it the Justice Society of America? Yes, Yes, it is, sir. The JSA. Um, I loved Hawkman from Black Adam. He was probably one of my favorite parts of the movie. Uh, I I really really liked um, uh, Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan as as um, Doctor DC Doctor Strange. Well, Doctor Fate. Fate. Yeah, uh, I could have done without what's her name Cyclone. Um, and I just yeah, her and I, Adam Smasher weren't in it very much. I wish Adam Smasher would have done more. I thought it was the idea is cool that he, I don't know if he can turn smaller like Ant Man, but he turns giant, which no, I he cannot. Yeah. Oh. Um, but I thought he was kind of funny, you know, like oh, you know how much energy it takes to smash atoms together, and he's always eating. It was kind of a funny shtick. <laughs> uh, I I think it would be cool to explore that. Um, I know there's a lot more involved with the jsa so it is a big thing that you could delve into uh the only thing i could see possibly wrong with it is people confusing it with the justice league well there's a way around that and i I don't know going forward how much they even want black adam to be included into this but if you're going to do a full-out reboot so the jsa originally came about during world war ii so you could do it as not necessarily an Elseworlds thing, but like as a period piece. And I don't mean they go to war, but like superheroes in the 40s as a precursor to the inevitable Justice League. That could be an interesting twist on those characters. Yeah. Uh, I just Because you could also work in the original Green Lantern. Uh, I think it's Alan a cool Scott. avenue to explore. Like I said, Black. I thought Black Adam was... Oh, sorry. That's okay. We, 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 our mic's got slow. We talked over. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I thought, like I said, it was my favorite part of Black Adam because I thought the rest of Black Adam was pretty trash. Um, that's just my opinion, though. It might be a hot take, but. <laughs> yeah, so what I was trying to say, uh, and again, I think we had some uh, hiccup there, but like the, the, the full JSA team includes the Golden Age Green Lantern, uh, Alan Scott, who has no connection to the Green Lantern core. His powers are magic. Uh, and you've got the original Jay Garrick Flash, the one with the, the goofy like Mercury hat. Yeah. Um, 
there's one other big uh, Hawkman. Uh, there's one other big one. I can't think of who, but uh, yeah, some really interesting characters. Uh, and again, you could do it as a a, a precursor to um, to Justice League. Uh, yeah, but no, dude. When I walked out of of uh, Black Adam, obviously before all this takeover, we're gonna reboot everything. James Gunn DCU stuff happened. I was like, I don't care about more Black Adam, but give me more JSA, especially Pierce Brosnan. He was great. Yeah, I really liked him in that movie. I agree. Yeah, yeah, he he did a wonderful job. I would love to see a Doctor Fate Pierce Brosnan movie. Uh, oh, yeah. When it comes to the Justice Society, I wouldn't mind to see more um, of that. My my biggest, the, actually, the thing I liked the least was was Hawkman. Um, and and nothing against Idris Elba. Is that who who played him? Albus Hodge. Thank you, Albus Hodge. For some reason, I keep I don't know my brain keeps switching <laughs> stuff. You, you know how I am with names and actors. Mm-hmm. Hey, um, Idris Elba would have been good as Hawkman too. Hmm. My problem with Hawkman, and it's not about the character itself. It's ha- it, it's about how the writers use the character, because at its core, the the Hawkman character, you have that whole reincarnation thing where you know it's it's Hawkman and Hawk Girl and lost loves across the ages, and they're constantly reincarnating and finding each other. As soon as you introduce that, every writer seems like they want to use the character as oh, we can kill him. Like, because it's just a reincarnation thing, so we can just kill him. So as soon as you see Hawkman, every modern writer is like, "Fuck, he's gonna get killed." Well, now hold on, because that's one iteration of Hawkman. It is. He was I, just like a lot of other characters. He got rebooted in the Silver Age, and they made yeah. him just a flat-out alien. Yeah, and then yeah, exactly. But once again, all of the writers that have utilized him recently have latched onto that. It is a cooler story. And the, and they keep killing him off. So it's it, because it happens over and over and over again. It's not cool anymore. It's just it's just well, he, a, a given. He, he lives in Black Adam as well. Yeah. Eh. Okay. <laughs> I still don't like it because because they still hint at it. Like they still bring it up. Well, I like they use him living uh, as a twist. Okay. That's just so wrong. if so if we don't kill him, you're fine with it. Or at least we don't kill him until he finds Hawk Girl, who's a more interesting character. Okay. Um, I, 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 if they're gonna do Hawkman, I just kind of wish they would find a way to to just get away from the whole reincarnation thing. Let it go. Well, that's yeah. one of the things I really enjoyed about when they did the character in um, Legends of Tomorrow is their villain was Vandal Savage, who's an immortal. So it made sense to bring in Hawkman and Hawk Girl because they are characters who could be old enough to have known the character. Uh, or the the villain they're fighting, uh, that was an interesting way to 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 stack those those characters together. But yeah, JSA movie, Jay, I'd watch it. I mean, yeah. I'd watch it. Yeah, I'd love it. Yeah, it would it would be great. I would personally love it more as a World War Two movie or a, more of a period piece. Doesn't have to be yeah. World War II, but not them going to war. We've seen that twice already. Too. But yeah, yeah a, a, a 30s or 40s like a yeah. old school kind of pulp comic yeah. thing. Yeah, that would be awesome. More in the vein of like um, the Phantom or the Shadow or I don't know the Rocketeer. Oh, anyway, no, no, no. <clears throat> you leave the Rocketeer for the Rocketeer. Well, I can't. Disney owns them, so we, we, I can't. I can't. I can't touch him. Can't touch this. Good. 
I've got two more uh, I want to get to real quick, and I'll make them quick. Um, the first one that fits within the DC universe. Again, I was trying to think of what have we not seen. Uh, there's one big element to like superhero dumb, I guess, that we really haven't ever seen. Because uh, when we get it, they usually kind of tweak it and change it a bit. But there's one element that is kind of inherent to the superhero genre that's never really gotten a full movie. And I think if you spent a whole movie focusing on that, it could be really, really cool. Uh, and I want, and hear me out on this, a Teen Titans live action movie. Teen Titans. Not the shitty Titans show they made where they're all grown up, but they're still called the no, no, actual Teen Titans. Because the thing we've never really gotten in superhero movies is sidekicks. It is a whole trope. Uh, of of the superhero genre and and for logical reasons most of the time they get written out or we bring them in but we age them up so they're not really a sidekick they're a partner uh, uh and they're kind of you know they're maybe a few years younger than the main hero and the last one i could think of that kind of did this was sort of kick-ass in 2010 with hit girl um but you could also argue she's not really she ends up becoming the main hero and hit uh, kick-ass is the sidekick it's it's kind of a uh, um, Big Trouble Little China kind of dynamic. But anyway, so live action Teen Titans with the original Teen Titans lineup. Yep. Not the uh, the new Teen Titans 80s Breakfast Club lineup that we all know. So I'm talking... Go ahead, Scott. I was going to say, you're talking about the TV show. You don't want to see Starfire as a weird, you know, uh, like street hooker kind of a character? No. No, no, I don't. See? Really, really, really don't. Uh, I was not a fan of that show. Um, and then what sealed the deal is season three. Guess what? They did fucking Red Hood. Anyway, uh, <laughs> no, I want Robin. I want Kid Flash. You can call him Impulse if you want. Uh, Speedy, uh, Aqualad, and Wonder Girl, who's just going to be done on Troy, and we'll make jokes about Wonder Girl because that wasn't really ever her name. But anyway, uh, that lineup. And, and I want to dive into and, and steer into the skid of they're, they're sidekick versions of main league JLA heroes uh, and, and them kind of commiserating about that and being sucked under the shadow and, and the, that normal sort of teen angsty, you know, angst where it belongs in teenagers uh, about wanting to step out on their own and, and be their own heroes and, and, and live out of the shadow and, and all that. And, and the, the pitch I have is sort of Justice League is, is busy off doing something and, and uh, a case or something comes up. And they're all at the Hall of Justice or whatever. And, and Speedy probably decides, hey, we can handle this. Let's take this. So all these, these you know, hormones and personalities clash uh, and, and to go take on. And, and, you know, what I think is an easy job ends up, you know, spilling over into like a big thing um, and then having to handle it on their own and, and you know, be forged as a team. Um, but sidekicks in general, we don't ever do them. This is a great opportunity to, to, to again, beat DC or sorry, to beat Marvel. Because Marvel's never going to do sidekicks. Um, uh, even even when they have sidekicks, they they turn them into like oh they're grown up and they're just partners now. Like Bucky to Captain you know, Bucky in the comics is like a thirteen year old kid, and then the show is oh no they're like the same age. Steer into the skid. Comics are weird. Embrace it. I, I was fine with Bucky in the, the movies. I was fine. They, with they, they, I, they did a good job. Yeah, but, they did. But my, my point was, anytime we have a sidekick character, we alter them to make them just to get away from being the sidekick. So, so my, I'm my, saying steer into that. My my takeaway is you hate Bucky. That's that's the takeaway here. You hate. Bucky. Yep. There you go. I hate John. Bucky. Why do you hate? Why do you John? hate? Bucky? Yeah. 
Why do you Bucky, hate Bucky knows what he did, okay? Yeah. Yeah, John. show us on the doll where Bucky touched you. I just I have a serious question. Okay. Why do you hate Bucky but you love adult dick? <laughs> I think that question kind of answers itself, Jay. <laughs> well, what's the once again, he watched. Yeah, hey, I just pitched the story that has teen dick. Once again, he watched me edge earlier today. So, you know. <laughs> That's going to be really weird because we're not actually providing a context for that. Yep. And then something else, uh, Jay, you mentioned we're going to sprinkle in throughout this. Who's a pretty major villain for the Teen Titans? Uh, Deathstroke. Yeah. Who made his debut in Teen Titans? There you go. Boom. They think it's a quick, easy job, and then it turns out, no, it's not. It's actually Deathstroke. The, the Kevin man? Bacon of the DCU. Yeah. Plastic Man. Plastic Man? No. No? Oh. No. Plastic Man is off at the uh, uh, Justice League Detroit group oh. with Booster Gold and, and Blue Beetle. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to do a get rich, get rich quick scheme. I've got one more pitch, but I don't know who else has other stuff left. I have one. I, I don't have okay. Go ahead, Jay. I don't have anything. I was saying I don't. Are you sure? I think you got one more, and you just you, Scott. No, you you do you, Scott. You're good. Go for Are it. You, Are you sure? Go for it. So, four. So one... <laughs> diagonally, sis. Wow. Sorry. Pretty sneaky, uh, sis. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Scott, Scott. get us back on topic. Scott, go ahead. Stay on target. So one thing that I like with the DC that doesn't get it's been there and we've done it, you know, but it keeps getting re- relegated to the background and it keeps getting pushed pushed down is the magic aspect of DC. Ooh, yeah. Because I like the magic aspect of DC more than I like the magic aspect of Marvel. Okay. That's fair. You know, so I love the Constantine series. I love that. I love the actor that plays Constantine in that one. Um, I've, I've not really seen the movie, the Constantine movie. So I don't, I can't really attest to the Keanu Reeves version of the character. Great movie, nothing to do with the character. Okay, but I I love the series actor and the series portrayal of the character. I love Pierce Brosnan as Doctor Fate. Okay, and as much as I would love to see Pierce Brosnan in his own thing as Doctor Fate, um, that's not the the focus of what we're talking about today. So when it comes to this aspect, right? I would love to see with with both Pierce Brosnan and the actor from the series. I don't remember the actor's name. I'd have to look it up. I'm sorry. Uh, from the series of Constantine, I'd like to see them both kind of brought into this throughout the series because I'd like to see this as a series more than as a movie. I want to see Zatanna. Because I've always liked Zatanna. She's associated a little bit more with Batman than she is anything else. Mm-hmm. You know? But and she's got that whole stage ma- magician kind of presence and ambiance and. Uh, uh, but is an actual magician and can but wield is, yeah, actual she, magic, yeah. Yeah, she's actually, but she does the stage thing. But that yeah. that the stage presence is her secret. Hmm. 
secret her alter it. ego. Yeah. Um, I would love to see, see Zatanna, and also she's a powerful and a strong female character mm-hmm. that would go great on. She would play well, you know, in in this whole thing going forward yeah. on screen in TV and whatever. And Zatanna is something we've not seen her, to my knowledge, in any live action that I'm aware. Of. She's got. A, she pops up in like one episode of Smallville, um, and it's really? it's no. yeah, it, it's a blinking you'll miss it kind of appearance. Yeah, I've seen um, I don't remember it. So. They, it it's one episode. Um, yeah, no, you're right, and uh, uh, and, and bonus points for you know, I love a woman of fishnets. So yeah, I mean. Like, I mean, you know, everything we've pitched has been pretty much male dominated all the way up to this point. Um, but also when you're looking at DC's catalog and eh, has its thing um, uh, going with the, the female lead and a good, strong female character, because when you see her in the animated stuff, she is a very strong female character. She is mm-hmm. she's up there with the guys and she's like, you know what? No, I'm not doing what you want because I know what's best and you're wrong. And she does her thing. And I would love to see her. I would love to see her do that. I don't know who would play her very well. I'm, I don't have a casting for her. Yeah, we're not doing we're not really doing casting. We're not doing so. casting. Yeah, that's the thing. I you could also that. bring in her dad, Zatanna, yep. and tie that back to some of your like your JSA kind of characters. Yeah. Yeah, you could introduce I think it's I think her dad's name is Zatara. Yeah, that's what I meant. Sorry. Yeah, her name is Zatana. Her yep. name is Zatana yep. Zatara. <laughs> her um, dad is Zatara Zatara. Her mom is Luigi Mario. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so how many Mario's between you? But yeah, I mean, yeah, if you brought in, if you, I mean, you've already got Dr. Fate in with the Justice Society, but if you yeah. sprinkled in John Satara, Satara, Zatara, um, with that, um, with that story, and then you cycled back through to Zatana, mm-hmm. you know, in, in the present, yeah, that would, that would make a great tie in. That would That'd be just, awesome. That would be worth it. Scott. Yeah. His name is Matt Ryan. The Constantine actor. Really? Matt Ryan. Okay. That also goes to something, Scott, that I love about the DC characters that we're just now sort of getting to in in the MCU is the idea of legacy and legacy characters. Yeah. Uh, You know, multiple iterate, like uh, um, depending which version you're reading, uh, Black Canary is the, the, the Dino Lance. That hooks up with Green Arrow is the second iteration. Her mom was the original Black Canary. Uh, you get you know Robin, who then becomes Natwing, who eventually at one point takes up the mantle of Batman. Uh, uh, multiple, or hell, even Green Arrow. Like you know, he he dies and his son Connor takes over. Like that idea of legacy uh, is, yeah. is something that that DC. There's a ton of in DC. Yeah. And Marvel's just now kind of getting around to that with like Sam taking over as Captain America. Yeah. Like we're just sort of not touching on that, and that's something that's kind of it's already kind of baked in. And Zatanna would be is a great character to 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 sort of kick that off with. So yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah, Zatanna, I want to see on screen either a a streaming series or um, a, a a a movie. I'd rather see a series for Zatanna, but that's just me. Yeah. 
I th- didn't we already have a Zathura movie? It was like Jumanji, but in space. Un- unrelated. Unrelated. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so, anyway. That's, All right. That's what I had, yeah. All right. I've got one last pitch. So, James Gunn brought something up uh, when he was telling us about the first batch of uh, Chapter 1 movies. And at the top of that announcement, he brought up something that we've yet to really circle back around to. And that is that his job was to make the DCU a connected universe. And that any projects from Warner Brothers that are DC characters that are outside of that mainline DCU would be clearly labeled as else worlds titles and that so things like um the batman part two and joker follow you do uh they're dc characters but they are not part of that main dcu so they're else worlds titles i have a feeling black adam will end up being labeled as an else worlds title down the road uh but they the only thing they said about future else worlds titles is the bar would have to be set very high for them to to sign off on doing a DC project that isn't part of it the the main DCU. So if that's the case, if we're going to use else worlds to do interesting, cool alternate takes on the DCU, the one I want to pitch to start with is one of my favorite else worlds titles, um, Justice League: The New Frontier. It's uh, from, written by Darwin Cook. Uh, it's had an animated adaptation, um, but it is essentially think Mad Men in the DC universe with superhero characters. It it, it covers a really interesting uh, era in comic book mythology that's never really been touched on before. That is the transition between the golden age of comics in the 30s and 40s and the silver age of comics in the mid to late 50s. So when you see... Uh, uh, characters like uh, Green Lantern get reinvented as a space cop instead of a guy with a magic meteor ring. The Flash, who's now a forensic scientist instead of a guy who drank hard water uh, or whatever his origin was. I I forget the Golden Age Flash origin. Um, Things like Batman uh, going from being that dark kind of gritty vigilante detective to lightening things up and being more of the caped crusader than the Dark Knight. Um, in in this version of the story, the JSA exists in World War II, but they're disbanded by the time the story takes place because of Scott. You'll appreciate this. QAC, the House on American Activities Commission, <laughs> drove out the JSA because they wear wow. masks and won't take them off. Wow, really? We're just yep. we're just going straight with the 1950s House on American Committee with. Um... Uh, I forget his name, but finding communists everywhere. If it works, man. Wow. Um, but uh, it, it's a the story. It doesn't really have a central character. If if I had to say it, uh, Hal Jordan and and Barry Allen get kind of the main focus, but it it, it deals with all the mainline um, DC characters and the transition that the whole sort of comic book industry went in at that time. And it's very much, I, I compare it to like Star Trek where like Star Trek fans, if there's any difference between established continuity, they need a reason for it. 
like the Klingons. We can't just say, oh, they, they look different in Next Generation because makeup effects are better and we had a bigger budget and we could do it now. They they, they demand a reason within universe of why do they look different. And that's sort of what New Frontier is. A lot of changes happened to characters between the Golden Age and the Silver Age, and there was never really much of an explanation for it in universe other than just trends were changing kids are buying different books and we've reinvented you know magic was kind of out but sci-fi was in because we were heading towards the 60s and the space race so we embraced all that stuff uh and, and characters got remade and, and updated and whatnot um but this gives an actual reason behind a lot of those changes um like batman getting a robin you know batman the pre that was again that that um the gritty detective character dressed in black and gray uh, with the purple gloves. And, and then all of a sudden by the 60s, it's Adam West K. Crusader with Robin. Why? Why did that change happen? Uh, there's, uh, there's a great scene in, in this where uh, Batman's saving a kid from some weird cult people. It's a whole thing. Uh, but he, he fights off the bad guys and he goes to, to get to untie the kid and, and free the kid. And the kid shirks away in terror of Batman. And it's that moment of Batman realizing, okay, I, I I put this on, you know, I became this thing uh, to to fight crime and make the world better, not to scare kids. And that's sort of their their reasoning behind bringing in Robin and switching from the black suit to the blue and gray suit, uh, things like that. So as a comic book nerd, I love it because um, it addresses the things that don't really need an explanation, but they gave us one. It's awesome. And it's it's comic books set in, again, like we put, you know, JSA movie set in that you know, like 30s and 40s pulp era. Do a Justice League movie set in like the late 50s, early 60s Mad Men era of, of like it's flat out golden age Justice League. I think it'd be really cool. That's what I got. I would watch it. I'd watch it in a heartbeat. Thank you. I had you at House on American Activities Commission, didn't I? You did. 100%. <laughs> I figured that'd get you. Jay? Yes. Good to hear. Thank you for the commentary. Movie. Good job, Jay. This would be cool as a series. Yeah. Um, well, we'll just, so just because you've done so good, Jay, we'll message Megan and tell her to give you your pudding. Ooh, cookie. No, not cookie. Pudding. Co- cookie. Not cookie. Cookie. No, no cookie, Jay. Pudding. Pudding. Cookie. Pudding. Cookie. Pudding. Donut. Pudding. Pie. Donut. Okay. Pudding filled donut. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> that's a little. That's that's extreme. A pudding filled donut. I don't know how I feel. I would. About that. I would eat a pudding filled donut. I would eat a glazed put chocolate pudding filled donut easily. Um. Yeah. You you do that. This has yeah. been. I'd eat that. <laughs> so make it to send me that. Okay, I don't know how well it'll handle through the mail. But... <laughs> uh, anyway. So, is that everybody Everybody that's, good? Everybody got yeah, their stuff out? Yeah, yeah Kevin yeah. Bacon right. of the DCU got it. All right. I like this. We got two Green Arrow pitches, and they weren't all mine. They weren't. 
So there you go. There's our thoughts on what the upcoming DCU and Elseworlds movies could be and some characters we think deserve some time in the spotlight. Um, what did we miss? Is there a character you're dying to see get their due in a, either their standalone movie or, or you know, to be the sprinkles uh, on this, this Sunday that is the new DCU? Let us know. Uh, until next time, this has been your weekly Nerdle.